All right, guys, welcome to another CW pod. Uh, before we get going, I would like you to subscribe if you haven't already and give me five stars because why not? What's it going to hurt you to give me five stars? Appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much. Uh, I told you we're going to do more of these in 2022. We're off to a good start. This will be two in uh, the month of January. First of all, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Mechdyne, the Mechdyne Corporation. Check them out at mechdyne.com. I am always encouraging people to better their situation. And a way you can do that is if you go to the careers page at mechdyne.com and go to job listings. Really, it doesn't matter what kind of field you are in. They have open jobs and um, all over the world, really. That's what's cool about that. Like, I'm literally looking where they have open jobs right now. Paris, <laughs> Malaysia, Illinois, and, of course, the headquarters in beautiful Marshalltown, Iowa. If you go to there, uh, if you live in Marshalltown, Iowa, you can go to the Marshalltown Speedway. On Friday nights, a good IMCA dirt track. Love me some of that. Check them out at mechdyne.com. Bringing on an old friend of the pod, uh, Dr. Matt Erdman. Uh, are you, what is your exact title again? Because I already forgot. You're a you're a doctor. It's the third time I've been on. <laughs> you still don't have it Are down. you an epidemiologist? I am definitely not an epidemiologist. <laughs> No, I, I know. So, yeah, I'm um, a veterinarian, and I have a PhD in microbiology. So. Microbiology. Microbiology. Um, I knew that. You know I'm just messing I, up. I know you have, and, and hopefully we have some new listeners who haven't heard me ramble in the past. So, yeah, yeah. For, so for you folks, I've been in infectious diseases for my whole career, both in vaccines and diagnostics. As Matt explains that, I'm pouring us a little bit of Cody Road bourbon. What else are you going to drink here on a frigid it's a very frigid what is it wednesday i i don't know since we got back from jamaica i don't know days but uh the cyclones are getting ready to tip off and we're recording this before we do that okay so here's the here's what we're going to do tonight on the pod we are going to get Dr. Matt's updates on all of the COVID stuff. I've got a lot of questions. I had COVID again. Two-time. Just start calling me two-time, baby. Nice work. I'm triple-vax COVID guy. That's me. Um, And then we are also going to... So one of the things that I want to start doing with this podcast is doing trip reviews. Like, if I go to a place for the first time, or like even like if it's traveling with... When I'm with the Cyclones, like, oh, okay, well, this is a good restaurant to go to in Lawrence, Kansas, or whatever, right? Like, there, there's all sorts of cool stuff we can do with that, and we're going to start doing that. Matt and I, uh, with a big group of people, including our wives, we just got back from Jamaica, so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well for those of you who are in the audience and like traveling. So our last podcast, was, you, you looked this up, actually. August of 2020, we did a we did a pod right when the pandemic started, March 2020. Yeah, when everything just got shut down. Yep, and we were all just kind of like, "What are we doing?" Like, you know, yeah, it, is this real? Is this going to be a big deal or not? That was when we were all like, "Oh yeah, we'll be normal by Easter." Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we just gotta we gotta flatten the curve. We did we did need to flatten the curve, and then I think we subsequently talked about that in our August podcast. About, you know, hey, we flattened it. Why is this still a big deal? So 
That was pre-vaccines, though. Yeah, and that so that's where that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you about. You're a vaccine guy, like you you know a lot about this world. So, like, just use me as an example. For what it's worth, I'm not an anti-vaxer, but I know a lot of people who are, mm-hmm. and they'll point at me and go, "You got it three times. You had COVID, and you still got it again." Why would you get vaccinated? Now, this is loaded. Like, again, this is not me asking the question, but that this is a thing that people, how do you respond to that? Sure. So um, I am a vaccine guy. And, you know, I'll say up front that obviously as a veterinarian and, and so forth, I, most of my work is in animal vaccines. But um, so I'm not doing exactly work in this area. But, you know, there's a lot of the same concepts that go from animals to humans. Um, and so... You know, I think, let me start from just with some groundwork here before I jump into that question, because it's a good one and, you know, it's convoluted. Um, but I think, you know, so we've have about a year of vaccines now, um, thereabouts, yeah. about 12 months. And um, I think we can say a couple of things about the vaccines. One, I think we can say they're safe. Um, there's been... So it's not, so John Stockton was incorrect uh, y- when he said 150 professional athletes have died. Yeah, and the vaccine. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing sometimes the stuff you hear people say, and they say it with such such confidence, right? Like, yeah. and um, and maybe we'll talk about that some more, but um, because it, it is a little annoying sometimes. But you know, there's been about 500 million doses of vaccine used, so it's a pretty big sample set, and I, I think we can stay it safe. I mean, have there been some adverse reactions along the way? Sure. Um, you know, there's been some cases of allergic reactions and I know there was some blood clot deals that hit some news with Johnson and Johnson. Um, but even that was like 0.0003% or something really tiny. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think in general they can, they're safe and you know, the, I don't know about you, but I had some minor symptoms when I got my second dose, it kind of knocked me on my butt for a day or so just with some chills and that's normal. I had a terrible experience. With your booster dose or your second one? The second one, um, we all as a family were exposed to norovirus and didn't realize it. And it it was so bizarre. We were getting ready to go to Arizona for a family wedding. And at about the day I got my second dose, at about 9.30, I'm like, oh, I'm feverish and I don't feel so well. And it was like, oh, it's from the second dose. Right. And it was Pfizer for what it's worth. And then I started just vomiting like profusely, like some of the worst in my life. Mm -hmm. And then about an hour later, Elise was. And then about four hours later, Cameron was. And about three hours later, my wife was. And we had found out that the the blooms actually had about a norovirus and we were just with them and we didn't know. So like I was deathly ill. After my second dose, but I don't know what was from COVID shot and what was from that. So Yeah, those sounds like gastrointestinal. Yeah, it was awful. Like it it was one of the worst experiences in my life. Like we were like we were all just like zombies. I feel like every time I talk to you you've picked up some new disease. (laughs) (laughs) You're a walking it's it's been a long six weeks, I'll tell you that much. You're a walking medical textbook. I'll tell you that, but it's been a long six weeks. It's so hard though, Matt, because I, 
that when I got COVID the second time, I had been tested like six times in two weeks Yeah, because I hadn't felt well. I, I was sick for two weeks. Right. All sorts of symptoms that would match right up with COVID. Right. And I kept testing negative, kept testing negative, starting to feel a little bit better, go to the bowl game, turn, you know, I, I didn't feel that much worse, but I still didn't feel well. And I would have never gotten tested had it not been for our trip to Jamaica because I had tested negative so many times. It kind of got to be, one, it was really expensive, and two, it's like, what's the point? Until I found out three guys I was with tested positive, and sure enough, bada boom. Right. Right. So let me jump back into your question. So I think, you know, I would say that with a year's worth of data, I think the vaccines are safe. And then so there's the efficacy side of it. Are they working? And, you know, um, I, I think if you just look at a big picture, hospitalizations of vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, um, and even the death rate of mm-hmm. co- from COVID, I think it's a pretty obvious picture that being vaccinated and especially even being boosted now, um, you're in a lot better shape and a lot lower risk. So, so I think the efficacy there is there as well. And, and just yesterday by chance, I saw some clip that came off of a, a cable news show where someone was on there basically saying the vaccines don't work and they should be pulled immediately. And that type of misinformation is I have a feeling I know which network. Yeah, I'm sure you can guess. And I I just, it's really hard, you know, as a scientist to hear that stuff um, because it's just blatantly false. And so before we hop into, you know, kind of the breakthrough infection that you're talking about, there's this, you know, there's still resistance to vaccination. You know, only about 60 some percent of Americans are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. And um, I mean, I guess that's better than Jamaica. We're beating them. They're mm-hmm. only like 20%. And we can say some of the things we heard down there yeah. of, why, of why they're not getting it. Um, but in my opinion, you know, as a scientist, I think it's a little um, disappointing. I'm not sure what the word is. I think other than the people who have legitimate uh, medical reason to not get vaccinated, um, I think that it's that you that you should be vaccinated, even if you're in a lower risk population, because that helps with control of the spread of the virus and things. Um, you know, Chris, I'm probably biased, but I think vaccines are one of humans' greatest inventions mm-hmm. ever. You know, and I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that vaccines have probably saved more lives, uh, more human and probably animal lives than anything ever. So, you know to be in a first world and basically have the luxury of having a vaccine available and and not taking it. Um, it's a little disappointing as a scientist, you know, from the cultural side though, I, I guess I can see some of it. You know, I think that, um, you know, aside from the people who are worried about microchips and Bill Gates and other just crazy stuff, I, I kind of understand that people, um, that maybe don't know as much about vaccines like as I do, have fears or mistrust. Um, that's just when you hear things like my body, my choice, you know, type mantras. And it's funny because that starts to drift into politics, right? I mean, my body, my choice, one political party uses that for anti-vaccine and the other party uses it for women's reproductive rights, right? Yeah. So it's just sort of a way to rationalize the decision. And then they 
both sides of point fingers at each other for being hypocrites. They do, you know, and, and politics are, have been involved in the vaccine. I, I don't think there's any question. I think if you want to go see the data out there, you can see the percentage of, of Democrats that are vaccinated well, versus Republicans. That, real quick. Um, if you're interested in that, the daily from the New York times did a whole episode about that. Today. Oh, did they? Yeah. Today, uh, if you're listening Wednesday, January 26, if you want to go back and look at it and there's no, like, it's actually really sad that it doesn't matter what your health status is or any of that. The number one thing that predictor, the, the, the number one predictor of if you're vaccinated or not, is if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It's crazy because, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends that are Republicans, and I would say most of them are vaccinated, you know, and so it's not like it's all Republicans or anti, you know, I, yeah. I, would, I would never want to say that. And then, you know, it wasn't that long ago that um, former President Trump was at a rally and he talked about the benefits of vaccine and he got booed by his own people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's and crazy. DeSantis had the same thing happen. Uh, like he got killed. For saying he got boosted. It's it's really bizarre to me. and, and um, But I will say that anti-vaccine movements aren't new. They've actually existed since the first vaccine um, for smallpox, going back, you know, to like 17, 1800s. And, um, you know, that was a disease that killed millions and millions of people. And almost instantaneously after Edward Jenner discovered, you know, the cure, not the cure, but the va- the very first vaccine, immediately people were against it because it was from cows, so it was unclean, mm. and then government started to mandate it, and immediately people were against it. So, you know, even though I harp on cable news and, and social media, you know, anti-vaccine thoughts have been around a long time before the internet. Okay, let me point this out, though, and this, this goes into my world. Like, when... When we landed on the moon or when JFK and those used, those were like conspiracy theories back in the day, right? There were, but they were universally like these events that people believed universally until media got involved later on. And we let, we gave crazy people the microphone. But, but when you listen to JFK, like the news, you're like, oh, he died. And this is how he died. And that was because it was basically coming from like, three networks, right? And human beings were just like, oh, well, this is what happened, mm-hmm. right? Well, now, like, it doesn't matter, like, who you are or what your motive, like, you have your own way to get your own, like, facts. What is Kellyanne Conway, the alternative facts? Yep, alternative facts. Right, and that's, like, to me, the biggest difference because, like, I think the, back in the day, like, the, when people were, you know, afraid, like it was genuinely coming from a good place. Now I think that we're, we've given so many idiots microphones just from my standpoint and it's profitable. And that's why we keep pumping them up. And this is both sides. I don't care if you watch Rachel Maddow or Sean Hannity, right? Like agree that like to me, like that's where I'm terrified about like our future. I read the book, the Fareed Zakaria book. I, did you read it? The 10 post pandemic things I did. The one of the things that's terrifying, like if I'm sitting in where you do, is the the scientists in there are predicting a lot more of this stuff because of global warming. There's more of our world is tropical now, where these viruses can live, and then two, 
like we're flying all over the country. Like, I mean, just us the other day, you go from Jamaica to Iowa and well, you didn't, right. but I did right. in about six hours. Right. And it's, it, it, these the, things can just travel. Like it, it's crazy compared to the Russian flu in 1895. And, and that, you know, that example that you just gave is a whole different ball of wax in itself because half the people don't believe in global warming. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you don't believe that the climate is changing, then the rest of it, you don't even listen to, right? That's all BS. Yeah. And yeah. so, but it, that's a real, right. In your world, people really, they think that these viruses can it, definitely be I, more dangerous. Going I mean, forward. we're seeing, you know, for, so for example, a lot of diseases historically, um, have emerged sort of around the equator, you know, because of tropical and temperature and everything else. And, and that's where maybe insects or mosquitoes that we would call vectors live. As more parts of the planet warm up, you're starting to see uh, vectors, you know, or animals that carry those diseases migrating into different areas, and then they bring with them um, diseases and it spreads. So, you know, yeah, it, it, it's a real deal, you know. I, I mean, we we're seeing evolution of um, of SARS-CoV-2. You know, we've got Omicron, obviously Omicron, and there's another one now over in Europe. And so, we're gonna keep seeing viruses evolve. We talked about this, I think, all the way back in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. If if people want to hear me go on a little deal about how these viruses emerge and evolve, and that's still true. Does does the fact that Delta was worse than Omicron, does that mean we're headed in the right direction or is this totally random? So, yeah, I don't know if I would say it's random. You know, virus evolution, like we talked about a year ago, is kind of based on, you know, does a certain population of the virus gain an advantage that lets it basically emerge and grow? And, you know, with Omicron, the competitive advantage that it has seemed to have is the ability to spread very quickly. And I think it's like 99% of the cases right now in the U.S. are Omicron. And, and um, you know, that could be for various reasons. As more and more people start to have antibodies, whether from vaccination or, or maybe even natural exposure, it's beneficial for that virus to be able to spread more quickly mm-hmm. because otherwise, if it's slow, the vaccine system is going to knock, or the immune system is going to knock it down. So these are all the reasons that there's all these pressures on viruses to evolve. That's what my, Ashley sent me a, a piece today. It was an epidemiologist has a blog. Um, and it, I, it was really interesting, like that the viruses are, like I've never thought of the virus as like, like a living thing. Like I know what a virus is, but like her whole point was like how the viruses are trying to survive. And there, the, she kind of the, this woman pointed it out like it's like an entity, and this is how we defeat it. And it was all these different ways. And she was like, when it mutates and stuff, it mutates because it's trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Is that a decent way to look at it? Or I mean, I think that's that's. It's evolution in general. I mean, not, I never thought of a virus not, like that. Not but. to oversimplify it, but anything that has genetic material. I mean, this is basically going back to Darwinism and survival of the fittest. You know, and, and is that um, going on right now? I mean, I, like with the humans. I well, mean, I mean, <laughs> that's, that sounds bad, but it's like, like you, you mean with people making choices? Yeah, like I mean. There's more people who are unvaccinated who are dying, and I'm not like I've I 
this has hit my family hard. Like, but like, right. I don't know. Like it seems really crude to say that, but when you look at the hospital rates and stuff like that, it's the unvaccinated people who not all, right. But the majority. Yeah, it is, but it's not going to be big enough to, you know, impact the human, human path of people. But yeah, there'll be potentially some bloodlines that are lost because of, of the choices, the personal choices that people make. I mean, (sighs) it's really sad. Uh, you know, um, there's a there's a book primarily focused on evolution called The Selfish Gene. It's by Dawkins, and it's it's fairly old at this point. Although there's been some revisions, and and he basically, you know, the premise is is that you're just a body carrying genetic material, and that genetic material is trying to survive and pass on to the next, you know. And that's probably not a great way to look at way to look at life. I I, I agree. You know, it's probably not a great way to look at human life. Um, But when you boil it down to viruses, which, you know, maybe we can be a little bit more harsh about. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. You know, and, and you said our virus is alive kind of, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, I think there are virologists who would argue that it's not alive. Viruses can't replicate without, mammalian or other types of cells they can't replicate on their own so are they alive or are they just transfer vehicles for genetic material from one cell to the next oh, man now you're blowing my mind yeah it's interesting that that's a what's that book again the sh- the selfish gene okay um we promised ourselves we wouldn't do all covid well, give me this though so i'm triple vaxxed i still got it Granted, I I wasn't, like, deathly ill. I was still working, just isolated. What do you say to the people who goes, why Why would you still get vaccinated? Right. If, if, if you're still getting it and you're still spreading it. Right. So, first of all, I would say that, well, let's take your case, for example. You were triple vaxxed and you got um, infected again after you'd had your booster. And you didn't really have any clinical signs at all. Yeah. And in fact, you didn't know you had it until I think I would have never until you yeah. maybe got word that some of your colleagues were maybe infected. And then of course you tested because it traveled and lo and behold, you were positive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a common story. People are going that are vaccinated, um, will be exposed to virus and they will test positive. Um, but their symptoms may be very minor or non-existent. And so that's a reason to get vaccinated. And another reason is, is that you, um, even though you were positive, you didn't spread it to anybody in your family. Correct. You know, after you were vaccinated. And nor did my colleagues and friends right. who I was with. We right. all were positive. Not one of us spread it to right. a family member. And so there's another benefit of vaccination is that, you know, you can still get infected. And, um, but the vaccine, you know, you, you keep the virus to such a low viral load that you decrease the spread. And you also probably decrease the the chances for the virus to evolve. So there is a benefit there. And, you know, I don't know how this happened. Somewhere along the lines, people started um, thinking that for a vaccine to be effective, you, if it was 100%, you could never test positive. You were always going to be negative. And that's not ever true of vaccines. So there's um, a term called sterilizing immunity. So that would kind of be the holy grail of vaccinations where you can actually vaccinate someone and they would never be positive. And 
it's the Holy grail because it's nearly impossible to be honest. You know, um, the immune system response that you get from vaccines, it's not like some steel plated armor that goes onto your cells and the, and the virus just bumps into it and falls off to the ground. That, that, that's not how it works. Right. So it's more like, um, it's more like giving your body um, like a fire extinguisher so that when that small fire crops up, you know, maybe in your mm. upper, upper respiratory tract, you have the tool to put that fire out before it burns the whole house down and, and you know, maybe burns your neighbor's houses down. Mm. So, so just because you're infected with a virus doesn't mean that the vaccines aren't working. Um, and so, and then the other part of this is, of course, that our diagnostic testing has improve so much that they become more and more sensitive. And so you can detect lower and lower amounts of virus. And so, so, Oh, okay. I didn't want to interrupt you there. Yeah. So you, so, you know, if I get one virus particle, one virion in my throat and it replicates, you know, and I can detect that, um, is that a big deal? Does that mean the vaccine failed? Okay. So now all these people, myself included are doing the home testing. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your antigen test for the most part? Right. And in that little line, it's kind of like a pregnancy test, right? Like, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, that's it's how it, it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. And that line, like for me at least was never really that dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it fascinating because I was trying to test negative so we could get down to meet you guys in Jamaica. Right. I tested negative or I tested positive at noon one day. And I was negative by like seven o'clock at night because the line had gotten so faint, right? Mm-hmm. It, w- what's that all about? Like, is that because like I just the virus level is just decreasing? Like, you know, because right. a lot of people are probably listening to this and they've tested their kids, or I mean, mm-hmm. does yeah. the strength of the line necessarily mean anything? Or I think it does at the end. Okay, um, at the beginning, you know, I wouldn't put much stock into it. Um, it becomes a little bit of a subjective thing to visualize the intensity of those lines. But at the towards the end of the infection, when those lines are really, really faint and barely visible, yeah, it, you can almost predict, okay, I'm probably going to be negative tomorrow. Uh, so, so, yeah, you know, that's possible. Fascinating. All right. And, I, you know, um, I, I do want to comment on something about this testing, and, and we ran into this in our Jamaica situation with someone in our party. Yeah. Should we talk about that? For yeah. A no, I, I think it's, I mean, a dear friend of mine, Rob Gray has been stuck in Turks and Caicos Yeah, with his daughter for, he's been tweeting like updates about it. Right. He's right. been there for like 14 days or something. They got there when we were there. Right. So one of the beautiful ladies in our party got stuck in Jamaica. You want to say what, how that happened? I mean, she, so so when you go to Jamaica, we had to get tested to go. Yep. And you had problems coming down because you tested positive. Yeah. So you had problems actually getting down there. So you were a couple of days behind us. But then the current U.S. regulations require you to get tested to come back into the country. And so a lot of the resorts down there, of course, remember these countries survive on tourism. So they're trying to make it as easy as you can. So they're doing on-site testing for you. And you get tested the day before you go to the airport. And um, so most of us, except you and Ash, got tested on on Thursday before we were supposed to come back. And somebody in our party tested positive. 
And because of that positive test, she had to be quarantined on site, right? She had yeah. to move to a... Like the ward. The COVID ward building. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that was filling up as that, the week was going, that by was the way. was filling up. And, and so, and she, um, and she wasn't able to come home. You know, and I think she ended up being down there for what another five days, something like that. Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's maybe it's nice to think. Well, if I'm going to be quarantined on a beach in Jamaica, is okay. But on the other hand, all your friends have it's actually terrifying. Have left to be in a third world country like that by yourself. I would think. I think so. You know, I, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. So, um, you know, so I think it's sort of the first time that I had thought about that scenario right when it was right in our face like that. And I guess I have an opinion that maybe that's not really the most scientific thing to be doing right now. I mean, I think on test ongoing testing is important for the pandemic. I wish it was easier to go buy home tests um, just so people could, could manage their lives and kind of know where everyone stands. But you know, we're a year into vaccine availability. Everybody who wants to get vaccinated should should have had the chance to be vaccinated by now. So, and people that are doing things right and they're triple vaccinated and they're feeling perfectly fine, they're going to test positive at some point for the reasons we just talked about, how the virus can still yeah. have a small fire, you know, in your upper respiratory tract. But I think requiring a negative test for entry into the U.S. for a vaccinated U.S. citizen probably doesn't make a lot of sense at this point. You know, I think, um, I'm sure the mindset is, well, we want to look for new, new variants and, and try to get them under control pretty quickly. But, you know, those new variants are going to continue to be a problem forever. And, you know, and I don't think we're going to be able to test forever. So, um, and I also understand that people don't want to be on an airplane with someone who's positive, but, you know, there's no domestic testing going on. No, for, for domestic flights, yeah, you know they're just not. Hey, you can fly wherever you want, right? So you know, coughing, do odd, whatever. You're, odds are you're on a plane with somebody who's positive anyway. So, um, especially right now with with the current variant, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess my t- my opinion on that is, you know, the toothpaste is sort of out of the tube. We're not, you know, it's two years too late to prevent buyers coming into the country. So I'm not sure that that testing makes a lot of sense. So. And I think well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought I was being radical by thinking that. No, I think that too, and I and I'm trying to not let our personal situation that, that we incurred, you know, interfere. But I think from a scientific standpoint, I'm not sure that there's a clear benefit for us requiring that testing and then stranding U.S. citizens all over the globe. Well, and, and sure, you could argue with me and say, well, just don't travel. Um, you know, stay home or stay in the U.S. But we delayed this trip. We already done that. I, I know. Yeah. And at some point, we like, we're all going to want to start traveling. And and coronavirus is not going away. Um, so get vaccinated and and then kind of get back to life. And I think as we see the Omicron cases start to drop, probably over the next month or two, I wouldn't be surprised if that requirement goes away. Doesn't it? It feels like we're burning out. I I, I mean. I know that's not really a scientific way to put it, but it, that, but, that, but the way I look at it is we've got the vaccinated people and now a lot of these people who didn't want to get vaccinated are getting nature's vaccination anyways. And, yeah. and it's kind of impossible to avoid. I think I, I saw or somebody mentioned a study to me the other day that like 4% were undecided on vaccine. So there's not a lot of growth, you know, left to increase that number. So, um, I sort of agree. I I'd also I agree that we're getting burnout. We talked about fatigue when we 
when we uh, chatted last year and here, we, here we are almost two years into a pandemic. All right. Uh, let's get to the fun part of this. Uh, I'm going to start doing these travel reviews. You love to travel. We travel a lot together, so you'll probably be on a handful of these. Good. Um, we were in uh, Negril. Is that the, that's how you pronounce it, right? As far as I know. Yeah. Negril, Jamaica at the couples. Swept away. Swept away uh, resort. Uh, I, I will make a quick recommendation to anybody who wants to do this. Take the flight from the airport to the... Yeah, so let me say what I did, and then you say what you did. <laughs> okay, deal. So if you don't do what Chris did, you fly into um, to the airport there, and Couples has a nice reception area in the airport uh, where you meet up. And and, and, you, and you can drink red light, and, and red, they, red stripe. Red stripe. They've got some <laughs> beers waiting for you. Um uh, my wife would say the bathroom wasn't up to her standards, but oh, you know, geez. that's, she says that about everywhere we go. So, um, <laughs> but we then got, that's on, what you get for going in an actual bathroom. I just nature baby. Uh, yeah. Well, you talked to Pam about that. Um, you then get on basically like a 15 passenger van type deal. And it's, it's a good hour and a half. It's and a beat down of a ride too. It's a rough road, man. Um, I will say that depending on the driver you get, um, your heart rate can be fairly elevated during the ride oh. because they are uh, like they're on a NASCAR track. You know what's crazy about that drive, though? Because I took it on the way back. Yeah. Is these picturesque Jamaican like beachfront like properties that have just shacks on them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Like that view like in the U.S. would be... I mean, you'd have to be a multimillionaire to live there. So before you say how you got there, I will say, though, that during that hour and a half drive, you get a little bit of the sense of what that island looks like outside of the resorts, well, yeah. like like what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, and my wife commented on this, you know, you, you drive through some of these small towns and you see the, the people going about their everyday lives. And, and I've said this before, the more and more you travel, I think the more and more perspective you get on how lucky we are to be in the U.S. And, oh, yeah. and some of the things that we complain about here are actually uh, maybe not as important as as we think they are. Yeah, so if you go to Jamaica, I mean, you're going to fly into one of two airports, basically, like Kingston or Montego Bay. Mm-hmm. We flew into Montego Bay. Yep. The resort was an hour and a half by road. They also give you an option to take this, like, prop plane. And the guy comes up, he's like, 12 minutes. And I'm like, yes, because we're like four days late already. And I'm like, we can beat sunset. I'm going to be drunk by six. And so I like, my wife is in it. This is not a great looking prop plane. Like this is, but we did it and it was an amazing experience. Now, the only reason I got into this plane, I told you this was because the pilot had gray hair. Mm -hmm. That was it. Because I'm like, this guy is experienced. He can get us there. And it was this, it was a breathtaking view right. of this island. Like it was, and if I, if we do it again, like if we ever go to Negril, I'll absolutely sign up for that again. Like yeah. without, I felt safer in that plane than I did on the bus ride back. Yeah. And I think it especially makes sense for you. You know, you guys were already a couple of days behind us and <laughs> yeah. you just wanted to get there. Yes. Right. And we did, we wanted you to get there. And so yeah. it's like, just get me there. You know, because that last hour and a half drive, oh. you, you know, you're kind of like just, it's a long day of travel anytime you go to the Caribbean or whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, props for you for getting Ash on that plane. <laughs> yeah, it was like 150 bucks a person, but it saved us like two hours. Like it was absolutely worth it. And 
you got this experience, like to see Jamaica from that level. And like the the pilot was awesome. He's like, oh, you want to look at that? And he'd swerve over and we, you know, That's it right. was really, really cool to see that landscape. But I, you know, it stood out to me about the trip. Again, we're in the grill, which is like, it, it's on a whole different area. It's, it's a small town, not a, this is not Montego Bay. I just liked the people. I thought that the people at compared to like a Mexican um, all-inclusive, which I've been to three of those prior. That was the only all-inclusives that I've been to. I've been to Puerto Vallarta. I've been to um, Cancun and then uh, Playa del Carmen. And I, I always had fine time there. I never had bad experiences. But the the, the Jamaican people... Like one, they speak English, which makes it a lot easier to get to know them and talk to you. You, you met a guy who right. was kind of your guy. You're allergic to pi- Matt's allergic to pineapple. So this this one bartender took care of him all week to make sure there's no pineapple. I was known as pineapple guy across <laughs> the entire resort because, first of all, my pineapple allergy. I've eaten pineapple my whole life. And um, there's probably people who listen to this who maybe developed food allergies as an adult, and that's what happened to me. I, I developed an allergy to pineapple two years ago, and my allergist told me, you know, you're like the second case I've ever seen. <laughs> and then you go to a place like the Caribbean where you've got, you know, pineapple everywhere, and I have to be the guy who says, uh, I'm allergic to pineapple. So, yeah, I was known in all the restaurants and all the bars as the pineapple guy. Well, it, it was so great. Matt had this guy so locked in that I went to get – I was getting drinks for, like, other people. And the guy, like, scolded me. Right. He's like, who are you taking these drinks to? And I'm like, uh, there's some women over there. Like, it was it was the three women when we were all sitting in the beach the one day. Right. And he's like, it's not that guy because he had seen us together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. He goes, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to right. protect him from pineapple. He's I'm looking like, out for me. Man, so, I need to get me one of those guys. So but that's what's cool about it. Like, you can have, like, long conversations with them. And we did, you know, and I not I don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but we talked to some people about COVID, right? Yeah. And, and you I, you initiate some conversations and then be like, oh, go talk to Matt. He's a vaccine <laughs> guy, right? Yeah. Thanks for that, by yeah. the way. But, no, it was fun. We, we got to hear some of the reasons. The, the vaccination rate there is really low. And the first guy that talked to us about it, what did he say? He said, I heard it makes your manhood go away. Man parts not work. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, holy cow. Like, Yeah, it was on the boat. Y- yeah, you know, and then and then we heard other things. So um, it's really fun to talk to them. You know, it's – so I agree with you. They were great to talk to. I've um, traveled the Caribbean a fair amount more than you, and I, I would say that that's pretty common. A lot of the islands, those people are great when you can talk to them um, and you get to learn a lot. And I think you get a lot of perspective. I, I think, you know, one of the things that's a little bit of a, a mental struggle is all the vendors on the beaches. Vendors are guys trying to sell you marijuana. Predominantly in Jamaica, it is marijuana. Yeah. But of course there's, um, like, that was the worst part of that trip, by the way. Right. So, and then there's ladies selling bracelets and whatever yeah. else. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, and if you sit there for a week, you eventually you see the same crowd every day. And I agree. It's sort of annoying. You're on vacation. On the other hand, I'm like, man, these people are out here walking this beach hot. all day, yeah. every day, trying to sell you a dollar bracelet, you know? And I'm like, God, I, you know, it's just a little, I ended I up, know. I don't know. I dropped like 60 bones one day. 
Yeah, you bought it. Didn't you buy an Iowa State thing? Yeah, it's out by the bar. You'll have to see it before I, you leave. Yeah, that amazes me that you found an Iowa State Yeah, no, it was carving. Great, but you could tell, like, who's down there. Because this guy, we were coming back from breakfast one morning, and he, he does wood carvings. Okay. And there were probably 25, like, American sports teams. He had Iowa, Iowa State, and Nebraska were all on there. And it was like the Chiefs. Right. Like, and it, and it says Jamaica, and it's got, like, it, it's really cool. You have to check it out. But then, like, after you guys had left, one day I was sitting there. It was the same day that um, Iowa State beat Texas. I was listening to it on the radio, and I befriended a guy who was a Nebraska guy. He lived in Omaha, Nebraska fan, and started started chatting with him. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. These all-inclusives, I generally hate the food. This place had pretty good food. Like, I, I it wasn't... Yeah, it's not the same as going out to like and getting like local cuisine. It's just not. And if you go to an all inclusive and you expect that, then you're going to be disappointed. But I didn't dread going to dinner right at this place. Right, we had a good amount of choices, and and I, I would say that we benefited a little bit because the resort was only sixty percent full. Yeah, and that's of course I think a reflection of the pandemic. I mean, we're in peak season and they're sixty percent full. Therefore, we were able to get into the quote-unquote nicest restaurants any night we wanted to, Mm -hmm. which I don't think if it's 100% full, you can do that. So there's a weird dynamic there. Um, They don't want you to tip. And, um, you know, when you sign up, it it says no tipping and all this other stuff. And I never felt pressured to tip, but I think it's so ingrained in us as Americans, right, that you almost feel guilty if you don't tip especially like when you come from the airport where everybody's grabbing your bags everybody's yeah you know and they're just they're trying to make money yeah you know so especially if you take that flight you're given a lot of tips there's like six bag guys like they treat you like a king yeah you know and, and me you know like i like the bartender you're talking about that i made friends with the first day i'm like hey i have a pineapple allergy Keep me alive all week, and I'll take care of you. But that's interesting you do that, because I always thought you tip them the first day really well, and then they take care of you. I wanted to be alive, so I could tip him at the okay. end. I get you. I get you. <laughs> no, I, I it, it was a weird dynamic. Um, you know, from a resort perspective, I would say the highlight is that beach, that seven-mile beach. Yeah. It's the softest, whitest sand, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, I thought so, too. Didn't you think? Yeah, I mean... I've done a lot of Florida. I haven't done nearly as much Caribbean as you. Yeah. Done a lot of Mexico. I mean, that that beach, it it would be um, the the Sanibel. um, Sanibel's more shelly, so it's not a great. But if you go up to, what's that other, um, the island called, if you go a little bit north on that Sanibel, whatever it is. Anna Marie, where we were? No. Anna Marie is a different island. Um, I'm going to look it up because it's going to drive me absolutely crazy. But there's a couple that I've been through that I would say are comparable, but nothing like, nothing okay. like that. I mean, I've, you know, I've been to Cayman Islands and St. Thomas and Antigua nothing and like St. Martin. And, and these beaches are all fairly comparable in the Caribbean. But um, I thought it was a great beach for sure. I would say one of the highlights of our trip was the catamaran. Yes. That was a blast. This is a great story because we're getting on this catamaran and Chris, um, 
So part of the catamaran ride Captiva is, Island. Okay. It's just by, it's on the same thing as Sanibel. And that, that's probably the second best beach I've ever been to. So this catamaran ride. So I'm sure people listening to this have been in Jamaica and you can leave the resort, but you, uh, you know, it's not as easy as maybe on some other islands. And so we, we did do an excursion on a catamaran that was set up through the resort and they take you over, you know, by Rick's cafe. So we watched everybody diving off the cliffs and, and so forth. And then the whole time though, Chris is like, I'm not swimming in these caves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I had a really bad experience in Mexico. Yeah. What happened? It, it was in Tulum, Mexico. And like, I get very claustrophobic and I don't like this stuff. Like I really don't, I genuinely don't, right. I don't want to do the excursion. I just want to sit on the beach right. and re like, I don't want to go into some forest right. with strangers It and eat in some shack or I have no idea they prepared the food. This is not exciting to me. I just, it, I really like my anxiety is peaking. I could tell, right? Thinking about it. But so we, after the fact. Yeah. I had to go in Mexico we went on this like Mayan excursion thing in Tulum, Mexico. Anyways, part like, and you're doing all this stuff on this, like, it's like a, I don't know what they call it there, but it would be like going on like a reservation. And it, it's just all this stuff for you to zip line. You're swinging down ropes into caves. Like it, and it's for a guy like me, it was, it was very, uh, it was not fun. Like, I was very anxious the whole time. Sure. In this cave that they threw us in, there is a foot and a half between the water and the ceiling of the cave. And that's what you got to breathe in while you're swimming, swimming in this thing. Yeah, and they I'm, give I'm you – you're snorkeling in it. I'm out. And it was probably the single most terrifying experience of my life. And the other couple we were with, my wife, like, give me shit about this to this day about – like how terrified I was. I pissed myself. Like it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible experience. And to, since that time, I'm terrified of caves. So the day of the catamaran <laughs> ride, Chris starts talking about these caves from the very morning. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and Ash is there. And Chris is like, I am not going in these caves. Nope. And I, I said, I'll do anything. I'm not going in the damn cave. But I will say that I think that while the time that trip was over, I mean, you and I found a seat up at the front of the bow of the catamaran, right? Yes. We, we drank over, over that was, Rick's. Yep, and, that was fun. And you went into the caves. I, I did. I reluctantly went into the cave. I and, think once you it, saw them, though, they're not like that one and a no, half foot of space. It, it was a totally different world like the compared to what I was in. And, and it was all open. But our pal Ryan. Oh. So Ryan, I'm swimming with Ryan. Oh, he's insane. I'm swimming with Ryan. Yeah. And Ryan, I hope you listen to this. You guys are nuts. I hope you listen to this, Ryan. So we're going back and he's like, well, I'm pretty sure the further you go back, you can loop around uh, and come out the other side. that. Right? So I'm like, okay, well, he's been here a bazillion times, so I'm going to follow him. Well, it wasn't the same cave he's been in before. We get clear back <laughs> oh, there. Shocking that it's a different Jamaican we, cave. We get back there, and there's like bats over our head, right, <sighs> flying around. And, and I, I start to get to where I can touch the ceiling pretty easily. Ah, and nope. I'm like, so I turned around, and I found you. I'm like, <laughs> get, go. All right, time to turn around. Let's go find the rum punch. Yeah, no, and that's so that's because I got back earlier than you, and that's when I was talking to the, the ship hand. Yeah. And he was asking me about the vaccines and he's like, yeah, you, he's like, did you get it? And I'm like, he's like, can you still perform? And like, I'm like, what? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. He just starts talking to me about, 
um, if he could, literally, he was asking me if he would still be able to please his girlfriend if he got vaccinated. I'm like, I think. It's I mean, an, I don't know what your life is like. But. Right. It was an awkward conversation, but it's an example of sometimes, you know, people can hear things and they get fixated on it, you know, and it just. But that came up more than once. It did. It came up in the restaurant. Um, it might have been before you got there. One of our servers in one of the restaurants said the same thing. Yeah. So anyways, no, I, I would give it a, um, a big well, thumbs up. Um, people should know. I told, I talked to you about this before we went. There are some win- rooms that don't have windows. And you had one of those? I had one of those, So yeah. would you do that again, or would you go? Yes, I would okay. do that again. Now, the funny thing about that, and we we gave you an award one night, I kept thinking that we had like a screw loose or something in the air conditioning. Okay. Because it's just the one like unit. Like there's the, the only like, the the bedroom is the living room, and then you've got a bathroom. I mean, and that's that's it. Um, and then all of the windows are like bamboo. So like you can shut them, but they're still just, that's what they are. They're like bamboo. Um, they, there's no glass. There's like a screen basically. Yeah. 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 And I thought the whole time that like we had like a squeak in our air conditioning. Right. And I kept having to turn on, which kind of annoyed me. Really. It did annoy me because part of the the best part of having these rooms is you can hear the ocean all the time. And especially at night during high tide, it was awesome. Right. And I figured out on like the third to last night we were there, it was a tree frog that I thought was the squeak in the, <laughs> that I thought was a squeak in the air conditioning. And once I knew what it was, it didn't really bother me anymore. But like, that was your thing. So like, yeah, in the mornings and stuff, like you may hear like a guy sweeping, they use like actual like palm trees to sweep too, by the way, which I found was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would absolutely do it again. There was one night where it stormed. We had like a really bad, I think it was a bad storm because the next day, like there were limbs down everywhere. Right. And you couldn't like, it was hard to tell if it was a storm or if the tide had just gotten really high because you're, that's what you were, you were hearing the waves. The waves were overshadowing the, sound of the wind and the rain and all that stuff. That's how close we were to the ocean. I would absolutely do it again. Yeah. You had a great room. So, yeah. And we've, we've experienced that in, in Antigua and sometimes the tree frogs can, can be a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing. But, um, yeah, I, people who go to swept away just realize that some rooms have windows in the glass. Hey, Cause the- you were, you were like going on a Reddit rabbit hole before we went. You're like, Oh, I can't, yeah. I like, can't stay in one of these rooms. Know, this is where you and I are the same though. We, we, <laughs> over research things and i'm like holy shit some of these roofs don't have windows like i by the time we left like i can't just go to a place right i i mean quiz me on the history of jamaica i'll get a c at least like i've i've studied up so much on that island right so the first afternoon you show up i'm on the beach you know we'd been having a couple cocktails you show up, you know, hugs, glad to finally made it. Let me tell you about Jamaica, right? <laughs> Let me tell you about their commerce and everything. I'm like, uh, all right. Yeah, their gross domestic product right, right. here, 37% tourism. Right, right. right. So um, you did promise me on the trip that you're going to start traveling more. Yes. You're going to commit to doing this more often. Absolutely. And I think as your kids get older, similar to us, um, it gets a little easier. Yeah, I would think so. Like this whole trip, even like we were just terrified um, of the two-year-old who doesn't sleep. Yeah. Just 
we were terror we were terrified that she was terrorizing the right the, the grandparents the, grandparents the whole time. And, and you feel like you're inconveniencing other people yeah. um we went through the same thing our my my girls are um 10 and 9 so a little ahead of you but um once they get start to get a little bit older um it's good for you know your own introspection and your own you know the yeah. marriage and everything else to it, get away for a week it was not a relaxing trip though because we the covid thing before our dog had to have surgery in the middle of the trip because he ate a sock. Then um, our friend gets COVID. I'm really happy like, you came though. I am too. Because I, yeah. I actually thought you were going to bail. No. You guys had those positive COVID tests and it got to be like two days into it. And I'm like, I told Ashley, come? I go, even if we show up on Thursday, like if we get one day with our friends and then we delay our trip a little bit, like it's fine with me. Right. And then you guys got a couple days by yourselves. After yeah. We left, which is good too. Yeah. 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 It, it, it worked out to be, but then like on top of all of it though, we had this major severe winter storm that you got stuck in on the way back. And I just like the whole time, like this, there was like some like dark cloud over this trip. I wouldn't recommend going international until this is somewhat contained. It's a bit of a pain. You know, we like to travel in January and February because it breaks up the winter for us. Yeah. But you know, obviously weather concerns have always been a problem and now we have COVID on top of it. It took us a day and a half to get home. We got stranded in, well, if you really want to hear, we got sent to Miami. We were supposed to go to Miami and then back to Des Moines. We went to Miami. Then they sent us to Charlotte and then Charlotte sent us to Washington, DC and then DC sent us to Des Moines. So we got home about 24 hours after we were supposed to. I never seen a line at an airport, like the rebooking line at Miami for American airlines when we were there. Never seen anything like it. I bet it was a half mile. The Miami airport is very long. And it's it. They don't have like the escalators and stuff and like the trains and like. And, and we were sitting on the beach and you're <laughs> like, you should just extend your trip a day or two because you guys were going to be there. Because you know me, I'm obsessed with flights. Like right. this is a well, anxiety no, thing for me. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, but you're like, you should just stay a day or two because that storm is going to impact you, which you were right. And, and I knew, but it was on the heels of one of our, our, um, travel party testing positive. And I'm like, I at least want to get back to the States because, uh, you know, I need to get home and do stuff, you know? So, um, but I will say with all the stuff, you know, we, we had some challenges with Dirks while we were gone. (laughs) I I still think it was a great trip. We had fun. No Um, doubt. Would you do Negril again, or would you want to do closer to the airport? It's funny because Kyle asked me. Kyle was on our trip, and and um, and uh, he's a bit younger than us, and and they've been to Jamaica numerous times. And he said, you know, what do you think about this place? Would you come back? And I'm like, you know, I've had a lot. I think probably more travel experiences than you guys, and everything is different, right? So. Sometimes you go to a place and it's the best trip ever because of the people you're with, mm-hmm. you know? And so if we're going to travel as a group and we want to go back to the grill, okay. If we want to go to, you know, maybe next time I'll coordinate the trip. You know, I've talked to you about when we did Island hopping in the Virgin islands yeah. and we took off from St. Thomas. That's one of the best trips I've ever had as well with our friends, Jason and Sarah. So, um, you know, honestly, I'm up for whatever. If I, got, I can get to a beach in January and December and February. Here's my one problem with the all-inclusive. Other than the food, but this place was pretty good. The food was pretty good. I have no complaints there. 
It was the last day I was there, and I went for a long walk south, I believe. Okay. The the direction opposite of Sandals. Yep. I think it's south. I'm not positive. Whatever. And I didn't realize how many like cool restaurants and little bars were within walking distance of our place. My ideal afternoon on the Caribbean is bar hopping and checking out all these places and talking to the local bartenders. The one thing I don't like about the all-inclusive is you kind of just get stuck there because it's what you paid for. Right. I, I agree. That would be my one hit on that. Now I, I agree. And there's pros and cons to both. If we would go back, I would take one afternoon where you and Ryan and uh, right. Kyle and I'd be like, let's walk down there and right. Let's go to Margaritaville. Let's go and do all that stuff. I didn't even know it existed until that last day where I was kind of bored and I was just exploring on my own. I totally agree. And we've done both. We've actually probably done more non-all-inclusives. So my parents go to St. Martin every year for a couple weeks, and we've been down there a few times with them. And when we go there, we rent a car. Mm. I mean, we actually drive around the island, and we go to bars and restaurants and secluded beaches and all over the place. And that's maybe not as convenient as just setting up shop in a resort and mm-hmm. never leaving, but you can have different experiences doing that. So I, I like both of them. They both have pros and cons. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you stick with me and we'll, we'll go find those places. <laughs> all right. Well, as long as we're all vaccinated, right? I think, you know, um, <laughs> yes, please, please get, vaccinated. go get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. For, for my benefit. Um, all right. Well, this is fun. We'll do it again sometime soon. Will we? Because we said that a year ago. Well, I know, but... <laughs> I'm just joking. Not a lot changed there, and then, you know, it's just kind of been we've a made, slog. We've made it through the whole podcast without aliens and ghosts, but I, but I will say <laughs> another one of our conversations on the beaches was you and I going to the Velisca Axe Murder House. Yeah, big shot uh, Dr. Urban here, who says ghosts aren't real. Claims that he could effortlessly stay a night in the Velisca Axe Murder House. No, no problem. And the problem for you is I'm very close to the Velisca Axe Murder people. Well, if you're going to like rig the stay, then. Oh, what, I mean, what are you going to, how am I going to rig it? Like go and tell the ghost, terrorize this man. No, you're going to tell Johnny to be like <laughs> dropping stuff from the ceiling or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not staying in there. You can do whatever you want. I ain't staying in that no, house. No, the, the deal was we were going to pod from inside the house while we're staying there. I think we could do that. But the problem is there's no electricity, so we'd need like a generator or something. Oh, well. There's no electricity in there. Have you ever know. been to the next murder house? No. It's terrifying. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you all. Um, please rate, subscribe, review, share. I promise I'm going to do more of these in 2022. I can't, uh, I know it's just an excuse, but like the amount of like times my kids have been sick in 2020, like I'm, I'm praying that this is a better year. I thought 2021 was worse than 2020. Just my opinion. I thought it was, we were all dumb in 2020 In 2021. We knew like, okay, this is a disaster. Like, and it was kids all took off the mask and they all got sick. I interviewed an Iowa clinic doctor who confirmed my theory on that earlier last week. So I'm hopeful that 2022 will have a lot more time for that. He is Dr. Matt Urban. I am Chris Williams signing off. Have a great rest of your week.